we thank you that you are a firm foundation for our lives. And this morning, we just want to rest in you and who you are. God, we put our confidence, our trust, our hope, all in you and who you are. God, we know that you are a firm footing, that you won't leave us, you won't let us, or you won't forsake us. God, that you are right there, your presence is right there. So this morning, as we come around your word, God, we pray that you would build us up, you'd encourage us. We'd leave this place different to how we came in. We'd leave changed, we'd leave transformed, renewed, restored by your spirit. God, we pray that above all else, that your Holy Spirit would just minister to us today. God, that you'd highlight things in our lives, you'd change things in our lives. God, that we'd be stronger, more effective for you, not because of a performance, but because of that love that you gave us, that you first loved us, God. We want to show to the world because we don't deserve it. We couldn't earn it. And we're so thankful for you, God. Amen. Awesome. Well, church, feel free to grab a seat unless you're online, in which case you're probably sitting down with a coffee, um, which is a pretty great scenario during the morning. And uh, anyway, I've already had two, so I'm doing okay. How's everyone doing? We all good this morning? Awesome. I'm excited to be here and preach. You guys can grab a seat. Aren't our youth team awesome? Like, I'm fully biased, but they're the best team in church. Um, Completely biased, so anyway. Hey, I'm going to preach a word this morning. If you're taking notes, feel free to title it No More Toy Soldiers. Um, Over Christmas, I've been hooked on that Netflix series, World War II in Colour. Has anyone seen it? Great. I love it. Um, Rachel's like, I'm not watching this. I'm going to bed. And I was like, I'll just, I'll watch it. I'll binge it. Whole thing. It was beautiful. Um, And it got me thinking about this message. And then we also started a thing kind of during um, COVID outbreak and all the restrictions called Movie Mondays, where we just eat dinner on the couch and watch a movie. And half the times it was a kid's movie. And there was one time we were watching Toy Story, like the original, Um, none of this three or four business, Toy Story 1, where it began. And um, there's that scene where there's the birthday party and um, the toy soldiers go out and they all like start bouncing and moving and then they head down towards and they like hide in the pot plant and they're like, all right, this is what the presents are. And they report it back and it just got me thinking about our faith and sometimes how our faith can be like a bit of a toy soldier in some regard. Um, And so this morning I'm praying that we'll get a glimpse of what God's trying to speak to us, but we don't want to be a toy soldier in our faith anymore. Maybe at the start when we're young, maybe when we're new to faith, that toy story imagery or that toy soldier imagery is a good one to start with because it's a vision maybe. Maybe it's a representation of what God wants us to be. But if we stay there, it can begin to look a bit inappropriate. See, I found uh, some toy soldiers. I don't know if anyone remembers these. Any of the guys? Yes. A few nods. If you're online, this tiny little thing. Um, This little representation, I remember just hanging out with these half the time. Get home and just play with them. You come up with little stories. Maybe you watch World War II in colour and then you pretend to reenact the battles and you're like, move this unit here. (laughs) 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 Ah, retreat. Um, And then this one, like, is pretty cool. It's got tanks. I don't know if anyone had tanks. But sometimes in our faith we get like these toys or we get an idea or a representation or maybe a vision of what God's calling us to be and we get out our little toys and we pretend and we go, I'm going to church, I'm fighting the devil, maybe there's a bigger battle, I better call in the backup, better call in the tanks. But there's a point in our lives and this is okay for a child, but as you get older, this kind of looks a bit weird, a bit inappropriate, a bit ineffective and it's like that in our faith. If we keep doing the things we did when we first began, when we first started that journey, but we hold on to it when we're meant to be growing and maturing, it can look a little bit funny. Um, And so 
We don't want to be a toy soldier anymore. We don't want to be a little toy soldier anymore, going around living our life, pretending we're coming up against giants and battles and going, pew, 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 I'll fight you. Um, what we want to be, and I'm going to ask my friend Sergeant Stewart to come up and visualize for us who we're meant to be, because we've got to move in our life and in our faith from this little image to something a bit more mature, something a bit more effective, something a bit more appropriate for who God's calling us to be as a church. And so we have beautiful, at ease, love it. That was, that was at ease with the hands behind the back. Yep, you stay there. Awesome, incredible. There is a seat for you if you want, but if you can stand like that the whole time, I'd be pretty, pretty stoked. Okay, that's cool, awesome. Thank you, Sergeant Stewart. Um, and so in our lives, as we go, as we mature, we want to move from this little toy soldier, little imagery to something more effective, more appropriate for where we're at in our life and where we're at in our faith. And I was thinking at the start of a new year, so many of us come up with New Year's resolutions and probably by now half of us have forgotten all of them. Um, But in our faith, we don't want to have a New Year's resolution. We want it to become a resolve, something that we hold to, something that we cling to, something that actually is appropriate and effective for us in that time, in that age and at that stage of our faith. We want to be able to come and when we face battles, we want to actually be able to do something against them rather than just coming and facing a child and going, that's all I've got. It's a toy, it's a performance, it's pretend, it's little, it's ineffective at this age and stage of my life. It was good at once because it gave me a vision of who God called me to be. But if I kept pretending and playing with that rather than becoming who God's calling me to be, then it's going to be ineffective. And so I want to encourage you with a few things this morning about how we can move from this to something more like this. So when we do face those battles, when we do go into trials, that we have the actual ability and endurance to be able to stand and endure and face those giants and be able to come through on the other side. Is that okay? Awesome. Ephesians 4. If you go look at Ephesians 4 in Scripture, I encourage you to read it when you get time. If not, maybe make some time to read it. But the whole subject and chapter is about unity in the church and the focus of who God's calling us to be. Even at the very start of it, in verse 1, it says this. This is Paul writing. He says, Therefore I, a prisoner serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. We've all been called by God, but we have to be called by God and not just have a vision of that calling, but we have to actually put it into practice and become that calling that God's got for each and every single one of us. And so I think we've hit this point in our life and in culture and in society where so much of our lives is like, let's just stay small. Let's just stay little. Let's just stick with what we've got because it's comfortable and I can pack it up when I'm finished with it and put it away like all the good children do for their parents um, rather than leave it out for someone to trip on. But we can't stay there. And it's actually that inner conflict within. And if you've been a Christian for a while, you might know what I'm talking about. Sometimes we've got to choose God's word over maybe what's comfortable. We've got to choose our calling over our comfort. We've got to choose faith over fear. We've got to choose our hope over our... Pastor over a hurt. We've got to choose our future over the pain. We've got to become who God's called us to be, but it's a battle and it's a conflict, and the responsibility of it is actually on us. God's given us everything we need to. He's given us the vision. He's given us the toolkit. He's given us the Holy Spirit to be able to outwork it, to be able to change those things in our lives. But the responsibility is on us if we're going to choose to obey what God's calling us to be and become who God's calling us to be so that when we do face trials, we can actually work through them and actually end up being a testimony 
for someone else, maybe that inspiration for that next generation, maybe that mentor, maybe that person who can push someone else further in their faith as well. And so a few things from Ephesians 4 this morning, and we'll read it from verse 13 to 24, if you're with me. It says this, This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God, God's Son that we become mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. That's every one of us. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, he helps it, the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander from far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. Verse 20, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. I wonder this morning, have you changed? Has your life changed? Is your life different now? to when you first met Jesus or when you first had that moment, that first encounter, that first scripture that stood out to you? Have you changed? Has things in your life changed? Maybe are people around you noticing that there's something different? Maybe they'd say, hey, I remember when you used to be like this, but now you're no longer like that. Have maybe your thoughts, maybe your priorities, maybe the things that get you fired up or angry, the injustices, have they changed? Have maybe some of the priorities or focuses of your life changed? since coming to know Jesus? Or are they still maybe at this small, maybe at this starting point, or maybe at this point where you've got the vision of who God's called you to be, but maybe you're stuck there and stayed there? So I want to give us maybe a few takeaways this morning that can help us know and grow so we don't have to pretend anymore or play anymore, but we can become who God's calling us to be. And the first is this. I believe that God's restoring and has been restoring our priorities See, I think it's no coincidence maybe that we've had the last two years of COVID and isolation. I believe it's a perfect time where God's been reshifting, restoring and refocusing our lives, our mindsets, our priorities. What is your priority for your life? What are those things that are important to you that you want to focus on, spend maybe most of your time or energy or thoughts towards? I think COVID's been an actually incredible opportunity to refix and restore those focuses and priorities to be actually God, to put Him first. We've maybe had more time to sit and reflect on his word, his truth, who he is. Maybe those words that he's spoken to us individually. Maybe those words he's spoken to us corporately and actually allow them to become the priorities of our life. I know for me, I have a, what I call a manifesto. Some of those words, some of those scriptures that God's spoken to me. And I want to read that. I want to fix my attention and my priority on who God is and who he's called me to be in him. So that eventually I can become who he's calling me to be. I believe that God's restoring us, restoring our priorities. 
And maybe it's this, in Matthew 22, 37 to 39, it says this, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so maybe these are the priorities that God's been restoring in our lives, is putting himself first, which have no other gods beside me, is the old commandment, but now it's just love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul. It's the first priority of our lives. As believers, as Christians, we want to put him first, we want to acknowledge him above all else. And then the second is me. Now, not me in a sense of selfish me, but it's me being emotionally, physically, spiritually healthy so that I can therefore love others, the third priority, with the best that I have. Because if I'm not actually good, I can't actually give out of a good place. I can't actually love others the way that Christ loved me if I'm not loving Jesus and allowing him to form me and restore me to who I actually am called to be. And so we want God to be the first priority and then me, the work in me and who God's restoring and calling me to be, second and thirdly then others in the world. See, I think maybe this is the challenge for us. It's the hardest shift to go from me to others in our world particularly now with this whole self-care, and I'm not against self-care, but self-care has become the extreme of self-love sometimes for some people, and it's an isolating self-love because it says, actually, don't do that because you might get hurt. Actually, don't go out and help that person because they might backstab you. Actually, don't go out and put yourself out because you might end up broken, you might end up second best, so don't actually try. And it's actually this shift in our society and culture that it's gone self-love, but it's actually self-isolation which I think is an insecurity of just not knowing what's going to happen. And so we isolate ourselves in order to protect ourselves, where God's called us actually to go out, to help others, to help those in need, to be the difference, to share His Word, to share His love, to share His light with the world around us. And so we've got to cross that barrier of going me to others, but looking after myself spiritually and healthily, and knowing who God's called me to be, so I can therefore go into the world and love others as He loves them as well. So he's restoring our priorities. So the second thing I believe he's been doing and is doing is renewing. He's renewing us. We understand that when we come to Christ, the old is gone, the new has come, and that means that there's a work to be done in our lives. And when God restores our priorities, restores our focus on who we are, when we allow him to speak those words over us, when we allow the Holy Spirit into our lives to begin to shape us, to begin to mold us into who he's calling us to be, we're going from this playing and pretending to becoming God's renewing us and restoring us. He's renewing, he's shaving off those things that might need work and he's refining us into who he's called us to be that we can be effective for him. He's showing us, he's giving us confidence and boldness to be able to step out and proclaim his word, declare his word over other people. But it's actually got to start in us and we've got to get strong in us so that we can actually go into the world, go into the workplace, go into the marketplace and begin to share his word. And so he's got to renew our mindsets. And I love this, Psalm 51.10, it says this, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Romans 12, 2, don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Galatians 5, 23, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. See, I think in order for us to actually go out and be effective for Christ, once he's restored us, We've got to allow him to actually renew our mindsets as well. We've got to allow him to renew our thinking. 
We've got to change our thinking from what we used to believe and how we used to behave and think and act and perceive the world around us to be renewed by His Spirit into how He wants us to see things. So we can love the world as Jesus loved the world. So we can help others the way Jesus would help others. So we can actually, when we come up against a battle or a fear or a temptation, we can declare God's Word over it. We can proclaim His truth. We don't have to have that fear because we know that perfect love casts out all fear. And when we have Jesus Christ in and through our lives, we don't have to fear. We can fear less because of Christ's love working in our lives. We've got to allow Him to renew our mindsets, renew our thoughts, renew our perceptions and perspectives on things, renew the way we see ourselves, which can be a challenge, and renew the way we see others as well around us. And that takes us to the third thing that I believe God's doing and working and wanting us to grow so that we don't have this toy soldier mentality in our lives, that we can move and become who God's called us to be. And so the first was restoring our priorities, renewing our lives. But then he's also wanting to bring revival in the lives of others through us as well and in the lives of those around us. They want to know Christ's love and we want others, I don't know about you, but when you have that moment, that encounter with Jesus and you realize what he's done in your life and maybe even it's as you grow and continue to become a Christian, as you grow in your faith, you realize more and more the grace that you've been given and you go, man, I really don't deserve this. I thought I knew a concept of it at this. I thought I had a glimpse of it, but now I understand more and more. I've seen what God's done in my past And I know how he's worked things together for the good up to this point. And so I know my future, there's more for me, but not just more for me. There's more for those around me as well. And that becomes our testimony, which Jesus wants us to share with the world. See, Matthew 28, 18, 20 says this. Jesus came and told his disciples, which I'd hope we'd all be becoming now as we fall more and more in love with Jesus. He told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so we've got to allow God to bring that revival, not just in our lives, but through our lives, to the lives of others around us. And it doesn't necessarily mean that Sergeant Stewart's breaking down doors, barriers, fly-kicking things, and going, you need Jesus. It's not like getting this and slapping people in the street but simply knowing, and in some ways this is the perfect image, when we come up against a battle, when we come up against something, we don't have to fear, we don't have to run, but we can just stand knowing God's presence, knowing God's Spirit's with us, working for us, working in us, working through us. Our mind, our lives are restored in Him. We're renewing our thinking so we don't have to fear. We know that we're more than conquerors through Christ who loved us, and so we can stand and withstand those battles. And that's the testimony in itself, just being there on the other side. So often when God gives us a command or a promise, he says, go to the other side. I love the story of the disciples in the boat and Jesus says, go to the other side, I'll be with you. They're like, okay, sick. We just go for a little boat trip, hanging over the other side. And then the storm hits and they're all freaking out. Didn't Jesus say we'll get to the other side? He didn't mention the storm in the moment, but Jesus was there with them. And when he rocks up, they're all freaking out. He's like, hey, I told you we'd make it to the other side. And he's telling us today that if he's given us a word, a promise, a command... We're going to make it to the other side. There might be a storm. There might be a battle in the meantime. But if we can withstand, if we renew our mind and know that Jesus is going to be with us, then we can actually make it through to the other side with his presence active in our lives, in the lives of others. And that's the testimony. That is the light. And that is bringing the revival to the world around us because they see that we could stand. See, if all we had was this and a battle comes, we're not going to be much use. Maybe we've got the vision 
maybe we've got the idea, but it hasn't dropped into our heart, it hasn't shaped our lives, we haven't undergone the training, we haven't undergone that renewing process where the Holy Spirit speaks to us and shifts us and changes us and transforms us. And so when a battle comes, like, this is just plastic, I'll throw it in the bin later. But this is my identity, this is who God's called me to be. This can withstand storms and battles and fights, this can bring life to others and those around me, this can see it through, this can bring and declare God's word over every circumstance and situation because it's gone, I've allowed the Holy Spirit to renew me, to restore my priorities and shape me and now I want to show the world who God is, who Jesus is, how much he loves them, how much he's shaped them. See, I love that the contrast even now between when Jesus was walking the earth with the disciples to now I think we've got the biggest benefit, that is we actually have the Holy Spirit working in us. See, the disciples maybe had Jesus and could rely on him, but we always have the Holy Spirit working in our lives. It says that he is there, that he is a standby, that he is leading us, he is guiding us, he is shaping us, he is convicting us and leading us into all truth and revealing all truth to us. And if we allow him into our lives to shape us, then we can stand and we can face those battles and fights. And ultimately, it's not us that have to try and fight the battles of bringing a revival to those around us. We don't have to fight and try and persuade people. It's actually the Holy Spirit leading people to us. And we're just the perfect testimony of being able to stand. And our lives being shaped by Him is kind of that revival moment in itself that kind of outworks itself if we allow God to renew and restore our focuses, our priorities, and renew our lives. That's the revival there because other people see that we have changed. They see that you're different now. They see that your priorities have changed, the battles that you fight or choose to fight. They see that your life looks completely different to how it used to look. And maybe this morning has maybe been a bit of a challenge for you or maybe it's a reminder for you. But I don't want to live my life playing with these anymore. It comes to that certain point where in some ways in our faith we just have to choose to grow up. We have to choose to pack these away. Yes, they're great for the representation and the vision of what God's called us to be. But if this is all we have, it's not going to be much use when the trials and battles come or when a broken, hurting world is looking for an answer in the name of Jesus. They're not going to come to this. But I'll tell you what I'd run to. A strong Christian, someone who's been through a battle and been able to stand and come out the other side someone whose faith is strong and still believes that, even though they're not certain of what might happen, but they're certain of who is in control of what might happen. Someone who still might be afraid, but knows that God's called them to the other side anyway, and they can walk through knowing that God's there. That's what I want to become. That's the kind of faith I want to have. And so I want to throw this away. I don't want to be a toy soldier anymore. I want to become a soldier in Christ's army, a representative of him on earth leading people to him in a relationship with him. And so I wonder maybe where you're at this morning, where you'd recognize or acknowledge, maybe even because it's the start of a new year and you've had those resolutions, maybe it's the time to take it from a resolution to a resolve. Maybe from a moment of going, I might make that a commitment. I want to challenge you to make it a conviction. At the start of this new year, I wonder if we could just pause for a moment maybe say, what do I need to change in my life? Do I need God to restore my priorities? To begin to put Him first in my life? Maybe I would acknowledge that I haven't been putting God first. Maybe I've been doing my own thing. Maybe I haven't even been bothering to look out for other people or even myself for that matter. 
Would God restore those things in my life? Would the Holy Spirit minister to me right now and begin to restore and reshape those priorities? Maybe I haven't fully allowed God's word to sink into my heart or those moments, those words that he's spoken over me. Maybe I haven't allowed him to renew my thinking. I want to go into the new year. I want to go into who he's calling me to become, but I want to take my old self with me. Like the scripture says, we've got to cast off our old self and put on our new self. We've got to renew ourselves in God and allow him to change our thinking. Maybe it's that that the Holy Spirit needs to work on or shift in our lives. Or maybe it's that bridge of crossing from me to others, of going from just being renewed to actually bringing revival. And maybe I need to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to me how I can minister to others in my workplace, in the world, out on the street, whoever it might be. I wonder, church, could I pray for you this morning? And those of you watching online, could I pray with you? God, thank you that you are here, that you're working, that you're shaping our lives. And God, we want to acknowledge this morning, or God, I would acknowledge this morning, God, I don't want to be a toy soldier anymore. I don't want to just have a vision of who you're calling me to be. I don't want to just have a representation, but God, would you lead me, would you shape me that I could have a demonstration of you, the power of your love, your grace, your mercy here on earth. God, would you shape me? Would you restore my priorities? Would you renew my focuses? And God, would you bring revival to the world around me? Because it's not just about me, it's about others. God, finding your love, finding your presence, finding a relationship with you, finding grace in you. God, would you minister to us right now? Holy Spirit, would you begin to speak to us? Maybe those things in our lives that we need to shift or change, not for temporal sake or change's sake. God, but because we want to become more like you, we want to grow in our faith and in our life of worship and devotion to you. God, right now, Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? What do we need to restore in our lives? What thinking do we need you to renew in our lives? God, is it laying down something of our former self? Is it stripping off things? Is it putting on specific new things in our lives, new ways of thinking, new habits? God, right now, would you begin to speak to them to us? God, is it actually stepping out and going into the world? Would you take us maybe from those moments of being that quiet at home Christian, maybe we're allowing you to restore our mind, our priorities and renew our focuses and renew our lives, but God, would you give us that desire to see a world changed by your love, by your grace and your presence? Holy Spirit, would you just minister to us right now? Highlight those things. Maybe you're um, watching online or in the room and maybe you're going, I don't even know if I have that relationship with Jesus. Maybe I've never had that starting point. Maybe I know about it. Maybe I've heard glimpses, but I wouldn't even say that I'm a Christian. Wonder is, churches, we close our eyes and bow our heads just for privacy. Or if you're online, maybe you in your living room, just would you acknowledge, just by lifting your hand and saying, God, I want this relationship with you. God, I don't want to play. I don't want to pretend. Maybe this is the first time I'm acknowledging this or maybe it's the hundredth time. I don't want to be where I was. I want to grow. I want to be shaped. I want to be formed in you and who you're calling me to be. Would you just raise your hand so I can pray for you so I know who I'm praying for? And if you're online, there's a link you can click to later on our website which says I've made that decision. 
Hey God, right now this morning, we want to acknowledge our need for you. We want to acknowledge maybe that we haven't had a relationship with you yet, or maybe we have, but it's been fake, it's been pretend, it's been a performance. God, right now in this moment, would you allow it to become real as we open our heart to you, as we open our mind to you, as we open our lives to you? God, would you come in? Would you shift and take away those old things, that old way of living, and restore it, renew it, and bring revival in and through our lives? God, we would call ourselves now a Christian, a disciple, a saint, loved by you, known by you, called by you. God, would you give us strength and courage? Would you forgive us of our sins? Would you give us hope and a future to believe in, to cling to you for, to believe in you for? Ultimately, God, would you open our lives to that relationship with you where we would know you just as much as you know us, God, that we could love you, we could run to you in any moment. God, would you shape our lives from this day forth? We can walk with your Holy Spirit power. Amen. Awesome, church. Well, why don't we stand and worship together?